Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. So we're going to be praying the book of Philippians. So um, I started it off. Pastor Mary um, shared as well. And today Pastor Renson also shared during lunchtime. So we keep going up to where we are going to reach. Amen. Verse 1 says, Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, my focus is going to be verse 6 because um, Pastor Renson ended um, his meditation on verse 5. So, verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So today we're going to look at a meditation of entitled Good Work. Somebody say good work. That verse says being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So our confidence is knowing or is in knowing what God started in us, he shall be able to complete it. That is where our confidence lies. That anything, any project, anything that God has started in us, any ministry that God has started in us, our confidence is in knowing that he shall complete it. And the reason why he shall complete it is because he is God. And God never engages in white elephant projects. Whatever God begins, he has to finish it. Because God completes before he begins. And so when he begins, it simply means that he starts with us. But from his perspective, he has already completed what he's beginning with us. Because God is both the Alpha and the Omega. He's at the beginning, at the same time, he's at the end. So when he begins something, he has already completed it. That's why when you look at even Jesus coming to die, I mean, when Jesus was coming on earth to die, it was a replay of what had already happened. Because the lamb had been slain. Hmm? Come on, talk to me, somebody. He was slain before the foundations of the world, isn't it? And you can see that even the tabernacle that God told Moses to build, there is another tabernacle in heaven. So God completes before he begins. And the reason why he begins is because he has to step into time. Because God lives in eternity. He has to step into time and 
begin whatever he wants to accomplish in our lives with us. So our confidence, somebody shout confidence. Our confidence is knowing that everything that God begins, he shall complete it. Our confidence is in knowing that the building of our cathedral that God has started, he shall complete it. Hallelujah. And any other project we are going to engage in, God is going to complete it in Jesus' name. So what is this that God is completing? It is a good work. Somebody say good work. And the Bible says that he who has begun a good work in you. So this is God's work in you. This is God's project in each and every one of us. So you are God's factory. You are God's minefield. You are God's working area. God is working something in you. And that thing that is working in you, the Bible calls it a good thing or a good work, which we must have confidence in God knowing that he is going to complete it. Amen. Can we go a little bit deeper? So I want to share with you what this good work is that God wants to complete in us. Now, this good work in us is in good is in two dimensions. And I want to look at the first dimension in this service and hopefully the other dimension are going to look at it. If Jesus doesn't come tonight, we shall look at it in the morning. You know he can come. Yeah, he can even come right now while I am here. If you just see that I've disappeared and my clothes are left behind and you have not gone, just know that you have been left. Hallelujah. So ask your neighbor for me, are you ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ? So make sure that you're ready. Amen. So do two dimensions of this good work. The first dimension is, um, is the inner dimension. And that's what I want us to look at. And then tomorrow we shall look at the outer dim dimension if Jesus doesn't come. All right. Now, what is this good work that we see in the inner dimension of our lives? Number one, it is the work of salvation. This good work is the work of salvation. Now, we all agree that when you get saved, it is not the end of salvation. It is not the end of the journey to know God. We get saved, yes, but we still have a few issues that we struggle with. We still have a few struggles, some rough edges here and there, some luggages and baggages from our past that, you know, we still struggle with. You see, when you get born again, what has happened, in, what has happened is you have made a transition from one spectrum of choices to the other. You have just swung from one end of the pendulum to the other. And so when you make that transition, uh, you move with certain things to the other end. You come into the kingdom of God still having some issues and some struggles that, you know, you're struggling with. That's why sometimes, to be honest, you don't feel saved. Can we be real? Yeah, there are times you don't really feel saved. You don't really feel like you're close to God. You don't really feel you are a righteous person. There are sometimes you feel very wretched, you know, because uh, you can see, still see some of 
you know, the things that you were doing, you know, they are catching up with you. Or some of the things that you thought you had disconnected yourself from them, you know, you still find that you are struggling with them. I know you're very quiet, but what I'm saying is true. Sometimes you feel weak in your faith. Yeah, sometimes you even feel like a sinner because you, 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 you can't pray the way you want to pray. Isn't it true? Yeah, that's why fasting is good. Because when you fast, at least for once you feel saved. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, you feel like you're very close to God. You feel the anointing. You feel the power of God. You feel the presence of God all around you. You know, and, and you realize that even your anger has gone down. You feel like you're not answering your boss. You're not answering your neighbor. You're not fighting with people. You're a very righteous, holy saint. Thank God for fasting. It has really humbled you. Look at the way you are even humble in this service. It's the power of fasting, I'm telling you. Eh? There is so much humility on your face. I wish you can see what I'm seeing. <laughs> you know, but many of the times, you know, we don't feel that way. We still have all these things that we are struggling with in our character, in our minds, in our thoughts, you know. Have you ever been in a place where you, 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 you have this thought that, you know, comes into your mind? And then you say, hey, am I born again? Am I saved? Please, I'm preaching to people who are watching me online. Who, are, who have not come. Have you ever had such an experience? Or, or you almost said something and you catch yourself. Yeah, and you wonder if you're a child of God. And, and sometimes when you go through those moments, we really feel like we are not born again. We really feel like maybe we are backslidden, we are not close to God. We feel dirty, helpless, worthless. And we are engulfed with a lot of, you know, condemnation. But I want you to know that the work of salvation is not an instant experience. God is not yet done with you. He has just started a work, and it is a good work. And which work is this? Is the work of salvation. Can I hear an amen in the house? So he's still committed, you know, to the work that he has started in you. That's why he has given you his spirit to help you, to convict you, to lead you on a journey of sanctification so that you can become more and more like Jesus Christ. So the good work is the work of salvation, and it is a process. It's not just something that happens once and you're free. It is a process. You have to keep on working out that salvation as you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit because, you know, God has begun a journey in you. God has begun a work in you. It's the work of salvation. And he's leading you every day, every single day of your life. As you yield to him, he keeps on leading you and guiding you. He keeps on directing you on some of the things you need to drop. His spirit keeps on convicting you, you know, concerning your thoughts, concerning your speech, concerning your character. There are many things that are taking place in your life because God is not yet done with you. Look at your neighbor and tell them, God is not yet done with me. He's still working in my life. Romans chapter 10, verse, 13 to 13, verse 11 to 13, the Bible says, For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So you shall not be ashamed. 
For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I want you to understand something. That this calling is not just once when you are giving your life to Christ. Every time you call upon the name of the Lord, he will save you. Talk to me, somebody. When you are in a temptation, when you are in a difficulty, when you are in a trial, and you call on the name of Jesus, he will save you. When things are tight and you are almost sliding back to your former life. Remember in the morning we were talking about our former lusts. And you are almost sliding to your former lusts. When you call on the name of the Lord, he will come through for you. The Bible says, you shall be saved. So we must learn to call upon his name because the work of salvation is a continual process in our lives. God is still working in us. God is still changing us. God is still refining us. And we must keep on calling upon him every now and then so that we may be saved. Amen. There are people who have failed so many times. I mean, you have blown all the chances. Second chances. Third chance. Fourth chance. Fifth one. Until these days, you don't even tell God, give me another chance. Because you feel like you have blown all the chances. But I want you to know that God is not yet done with you. Every time you call upon his name, he will save you. He will save you from that trial. He will save you from that temptation. You see, the problem with us is we don't call upon his name. Actually, we call upon his name after we have succumbed to the temptation. When you see a temptation, just shout Jesus. You will see what will happen. You will not even believe it. I am telling you, just shout Jesus. When you feel a temptation is coming your way and it's like Satan wants you to do something wrong, just call the name of Jesus. Just, just call the name of God. Call the name of the Lord and you will see what will happen. God will deliver you out of that temptation in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? When you see somebody's phone and you feel like you want to steal it, why don't you just shout Jesus? You will be so amazed what will happen. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Look at your neighbor and tell them, call on the name of the Lord. And the Bible promises that we shall be saved. Hallelujah. Number two. What is this good work that God is committed to complete in us? It is the work of inner healing. This good work is the work of inner healing. Remember, we are looking at the inner dimension of the good work. All of us are broken in some way. Because of our different experiences. Some of us, our brokenness is mild. Some of us, our brokenness is severe. But all of us, we are broken in some way. You see, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So all, all of us are included in that scripture. So in some way, we are broken. In some way, we are warped. In some way, life has dealt a blow on us differently. For some people, it's mild. For some people, is severe. Why? Because our experiences are different. My pain is not your pain. Yeah, my bleeding is not your bleeding. My brokenness is not your brokenness. My frustration is not your frustration. But all of us are broken in some way. 
Look at your neighbor and tell them, you are broken in some way. Our upbringing, our experiences, our failures, all these things contribute, you know, to our different ways of, you know, brokenness. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, this last week I was having a conversation with uh, my wife and I was telling them, there are people who came to this world but never experienced happiness in this world and they died. They came to this world and they experienced a lot of challenges, a lot of problems, a lot of issues, and they never really enjoyed life. And they died. There are people who were born in trouble, raised in trouble, and trouble killed them. They never knew joy in this world. That's why I'm telling you that we have different experiences. Our pain is different. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Look at your neighbor and tell them, my pain is not your pain. Your frustration is not my frustration. But there are people who have gone through these experiences, but they are not dead. They are alive. And these struggles, these challenges, have introduced a lot of wounds in their hearts. They are broken inside. They are bleeding, you know, inside. They, are, they, they were abused, they were abandoned, they were neglected, they were taken advantage of. And inside, if you're to open their hearts, their lives, you know, when I, when I was growing up, I remember my, 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 my mother used to buy Obambla. I don't know if you guys know what Obambla is. Huh? It's a type of fish. Uh, but that fish was wide open. I mean, it was just open. Yeah. You don't know Obambla, you people. Pastor Dennis, what is the scientific name of Obambla? <laughs> is that one? Yeah, somebody say Obambla. Yeah, it was this sheep, this fish that was just open. You know, you, you buy it when it's just, you know, open. And it has a very strong smell. Yeah, if your neighbor cooks, you will know that your neighbor is cooking Obambla. You know, you know, you know, most of you, the only thing you know is pizza and fries. And maybe in Zou. <laughs> <laughs> sun sun dried tilapia was it a type of tilapia I don't think it was a type of tilapia it was a different type of you know fish anyway let's, let's, let's stick with Obambla you know it had a very strong smell some of us if our lives were to be Obamblad I'm trying to <laughs> You know, if <laughs> our lives were to be opened, the kind of stench, the bleeding, you know, that people will see, the brokenness that people will see, you know, will baffle them. Because people are going, or people have gone through different experiences in life. And you see, the good work that God has started in you is to go right inside you, you know, open you up and bring healing inside of you. Because ladies and gentlemen, 
You know, you can be around people who are smiling, but they are broken. You can live with people, you can eat with people, you can work with people, and they're smiling and they're laughing. But let me tell you, if their lives are open like this, you'll be shocked. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be living and walking with people who are empty shells. There's nothing inside. They are so broken, you know. They look like Obambla. Ask your neighbor, are you like Obambla? <laughs> oh, man. So, God wants to do a good work inside of us. He wants to go to the deep recesses of our hearts. Get where people can get. Get to the places where we have covered and protected. Get to places where we have not exposed to anyone. And God can reach those places in our lives and bring healing. Can I get an amen? I want you to know that if you marry a broken person, you're going to have hell in that marriage. It's going to be difficult because that person will want you to become a nurse. Not a wife or a husband, but a nurse. To nurse the wounds of Obambla. To stop the bleeding in your heart. And you'll find it very difficult. If you work under a leader who has a broken heart, it becomes very difficult to follow the leadership of that leader. And that's why sometimes when we have these people around us, you know, they just explode on us. Somebody can just explode on you out of nowhere, you know. And when you examine the whole scenario, it informs you that this is someone that is nursing internal wounds. God wants to do a good work inside of us. He wants to bring healing, total healing. And I want you to know that regardless of what you have gone through, there is healing. The gospel of Jesus Christ is full of the healing power of God to heal you and to restore your broken heart. Can I get an amen? amen. Can you shout a louder amen? amen? You know, some of you think by saying amen, people will think you are an obambler. You are broken inside. You are saying amen because the word of God is powerful. I want to repeat by saying that regardless of what you have gone through, the word of God is powerful. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It is, it is the designer of the hearts. It can get to every crevice of your heart to bring healing to every broken heart. Amen. And I'll prove to you. Luke chapter 4 verse 16 to 18. The Bible says, this is, this is uh, Jesus. The Bible says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Mm -hmm. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Look at that. So the gospel is not just for your head. The gospel is for your internal wounds. To heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. God is committed to your inner healing. God is committed to your restoration internally. So no matter what has messed you up internally, 
no matter the pain, no matter the brokenness that you have faced as an individual, I want you to know that the gospel of Jesus can reach to the deepest recesses of your heart and bring healing. That is the good work that God has started inside of you. When you got saved, it was not for cameras. When you got saved, it was not just to make your parents happy. When you got saved, it was not just to encourage the pastor because he asked for those who are supposed to get saved for 10 minutes. The altar call was long. You said, let me go and save the man of God. That was not the purpose of your salvation. You began a journey of healing. Hallelujah. Because God knows the world you are in is a fallen world with many issues and problems. And you will experience so many things and some of them will break your heart. I, I don't think there is anybody in this world whose heart has not been broken. Even the first day you came here on earth, your heart was broken. That's why you cried. Yeah, you cried because your heart was broken. They removed you from a very familiar environment where you were just swimming in the amniotic fluid. Everything was brought to you. Food, water, warmth, shelter. You didn't even need to go to the toilet. After you eat, you just remove. Somebody else was removing your toilet for you. Then they bring you here. Eh. Uh, the first thing you do is to cry. And if you don't cry, they beat you. They break your heart even more. <laughs> Until you cry. So everybody here, you know, is broken in some way. But thank God for the gospel. Yeah, thank God for the word of God. Thank God for preaching. Thank God for the church. It is your platform for inner healing. Receive healing tonight in the name of Jesus. Every brokenness, every disappointment, every frustration that has introduced wounds in your heart, receive healing in Jesus' name. Can I get a louder amen? Number three, quickly, and then we pray, is the work of purpose. The good work that God has started in you is the work of purpose. Right now, if you choose randomly, if you choose people randomly and ask them what is your purpose, you'll be surprised that a majority of the people that you have chosen don't know their purpose. A few will tell you, this is what I want to do, I want to do this, I want to do this, but most of them will not give you a precise answer. Their explanation is ambiguous or will be ambiguous. Their plan will be haphazard. And their thought process will be disjointed. A lot of people struggle when they are asked the question, what is your purpose? What do you think is God's purpose for your life? Why are you here? Why do you think you are born? You are not just born to get married and get children. You have a higher purpose than that. Those are side effects of God's purpose over your life. You know, I've even started having this conversation with my nephews and my nieces. Every time I meet them, you know, I ask them, what is your purpose? And I've realized that it is not a very palatable conversation that they want to have with you. I've even taken it further. I'm having that conversation with my children. And I've realized it's not a very palatable conversation. Yeah? It's not as palatable as them having an ice cream. <laughs> I remember asking one of my 
nephews, you know, what do you think is your purpose? And he told me, please, every time I'm around you, I'll start running away or I will be running away from you because that question stresses me. Yeah, it stresses me a lot. And I find that every time I'm around mature people like you, that is the question they ask me. So I will start avoiding you people because you're asking me a question that introduces stress in my life. And I think he's about, he's in his early 20s. But the sad thing is to, is to ask somebody who is 40, what is your purpose? And they become stressed. Someone who is 35, what is your purpose? They become stressed. Ask your neighbor for me, what's... Okay, don't ask, because already they have the stress of fasting. Don't add another. <laughs> but I want you to know that the God who made you has a purpose for your life. I don't even know why you're stressed. The God who fashioned you, the God who created you, the God who allowed you to come on earth at such a time as this, he brought you here for a reason. He brought you here to fulfill purpose. You're not just here to fill space. You are here to fulfill purpose. Can I hear an amen? So when you run to God, and that's why I love salvation, when you run to God as his child and begin to talk to him about your purpose, our God is such a wonderful father. He will begin to unveil his purpose for your life. Amen. Now, discovering your purpose is a game changer. When purpose is known, abuse, wastage of time and opportunities is avoided. When you know purpose, you can't waste time, you can't waste your opportunities, you can't waste your gifts and your talents. The moment purpose is known, clarity is inevitable. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know it. The Bible says, and we know that all things, somebody shout all things, all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. When you're born again, you're being called by God. And when you're called by God, you're being called for a purpose. That's why salvation is very powerful. Being confident of this very thing that he that began a good work in us, he's going to complete it. So he saved you for his purpose. Remember what I was telling you on Sunday? God didn't save you for your purpose. He saved you for his purpose. He saved you because he had a plan for your life. So as you walk with him, as you come to him in prayer, he's going to unveil his purpose over your life. But you need to know something. There is a caveat. Time is of essence. Because you are here for a certain time. You're not going to be here forever. You are here for a very short time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, the Bible says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And that's why you must know your purpose earlier enough so that you don't waste your time. You must know your purpose now. You must understand your purpose now because it's a good work that God has begun inside of you. By you getting saved, God has kicked off the process of you knowing his purpose. And as you serve him, as you pray, as you give yourself totally to him, as you come to him and ask him to reveal his purpose over your life, I am telling you, God is gracious enough to guide you to his purpose concerning your life. One of the age bracket that I didn't really enjoy 
was 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 there. You know, it's a, it was a very confusing moment. I'm not on the screen. Uh, I'm back. I mean, because you are leaving your parents' house. All right? I don't even know how some people have guts to overstay. You have beards and you're still... Hey, tell your neighbor you've got guts. Your voice has broken. And you're still there. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. With beard. Hi. Anyway, I mean, it was a very tricky moment for me because I, I, I started asking God, what, what is my... Why am I here? Why am I in the world? Why, do you allow, why did you allow me to come? Why am I alive? What am I supposed to do? So salvation kickstarts the process of you knowing your purpose. And I want you to know that if you go to God honestly and ask him for your purpose, he will reveal it to you. Amen. May you know God's purpose. May you stumble into God's purpose. Number four, quickly, and then we pray. The work of your mind transformation. The work of your mind transformation. God also wants to finish the good work of transforming your mind. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So the way you think is who you will become. So God also is in the, is in the business of transforming your mind. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So our transformation is in the mind. So the work that God has started, if I, to, if I am to break it down to your level, the work that God has started in you is also to change your mind. Because you, you, you are thinking like where you are coming from. If you are a lawyer, you are thinking like a lawyer. <laughs> if you are a kamba, you are thinking like a kamba. If you are a luo, you are thinking like a luo. Huh? If you are a meru, <laughs> you are thinking like a meru. And that's why you'll find that there are some things you do by default because they are already established in your mind. If somebody asks you, why are you doing this? You say, ah, by the way, I don't know why I'm doing it, but I think it's a good thing. It's because the thing has, been, has become like a stronghold. You get what I'm saying? It has become a stronghold in your, in your mind. Praise the Lord. Can I give you an example? You build a beautiful house with an ugly toilet. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, are you breathing? The way people are looking at me, it's like you don't want to move. A beautiful house 
awesome. I'm telling you, you have ordered tiles from China. But when the guests ask for the toilet, you give them direction to a bush. And when they go to that bush, they find like a small structure which has a door, but when you're inside, you see outside. And it is very dirty. What is that? It's a mindset. Do you understand? What okay, let me just stop because the way you guys are looking at me, you're feeling like I'm judging you. But what, I, what I'm saying is the truth. Is the truth. It's a mindset. And it's a terrible mindset. So one of the things that, that is just an example. So one of the things that God wants to do is to renew your mind. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is to change your mind. Praise the Lord. You know, I was talking to somebody and he was telling me, you know, um, I cannot put a toilet here. Because if I put a toilet here, you know, the way the wind is blowing, you know, the wind will pick the stench and bring it here. So I have to put the toilet here. I mean, it's a mindset. Why don't you make your toilet clean? I always tell people, and I repeat, and I'm preaching about the toilet so much of late. If you cannot eat food in your toilet, then it is very dirty. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, if you cannot drink juice in your toilet, then it is very dirty. <laughs> It's what? Mindset. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Stop thinking like a lawyer. Hmm? Stop thinking like a typical lure. That if the wife of your brother, or if the, if your, if if your brother dies, his wife becomes automatically your wife. Hey. Mindsets. Hmm? Stop believing in witchcraft. Hmm? That's why when you go home, you enter your father's house at night. Because you don't want anybody to see you. True or not true? Tell you everybody, it's a mindset. Somebody was giving me a story. They used to do shopping. And then they time when it is dark. That's when they bring the shopping in the house. It's a terrible mindset. Do you know the mindset? You know the mindset that you have, isn't it? That you have picked. Yeah. The good work that God is beginning in us is to transform our thinking. Amen. I pray that you will shatter your old mindsets and your thinking will be different in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I wish we can even get to a place where we stop waiting for dowry. 
for our daughters. It's a mindset. Ish. Some of you, when you look at your daughters, you see cows and goats and It should not be something that you are really looking forward to. It should not be your retirement plan. Where were you? It's not your pension. How dare you sell your daughter for 30 cows? She's more precious than that. In fact, change your mind and bless your children when they are getting married. I wish you can even finance the wedding. You see, I, I'm dealing with mindsets right now. I'm like, ah. yes, I wish you can even bless them with a house as a wedding gift. I was in a certain wedding, and when the guy was getting married, when we were bringing gifts, the father brought two keys to his son who was getting married that day. That was his wedding gift. Two keys. One key was for the car, another key was for a house. You see, you can't say amen because you are now wondering, hey, and the goats, and the cows, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We always claim the blessings of Abraham. Do you know it is Abraham who went to look for a wife for his son and financed that journey? He financed the journey. Oh, yes. Send a servant and financed the journey. Yeah. To bring somebody for, 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 for his son. Yeah. But you, you are waiting. <laughs> yeah. When you see your daughter growing, you start counting the, the cows. Hey, she's becoming a woman. Wow. The gods are coming. He's coming home. He's coming home. Tell your neighbor, change your mindset. Am I saying you should not honor your parents? No. But it's not, it should not be something that you really demand. Yeah. If they want to honor you, it's fine. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If somebody wants to honor you because you know, you've raised the daughter, blah, 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 whatever, it's, it's okay. But it should not be something that, hey, you are even harassing your children. Yeah, I don't want to die before I see some goats and some blankets, kabuti, wheelbarrow, torch, kofia, whatever. Be ye transformed by the renewing of a mind. I want to raise a different breed in this church where we shall not look at our children as our source of income, but we shall become the source of income to our children. We shall bless our children. We shall bless our grandchildren. Because the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Wow. Hey. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Last scripture we pray. You know, I used to be a chairman of 
a children's home. And parents were not bringing girls. They were only bringing boys to the children's home. And I asked why. He said, hey, these are cows. These are goats. So they saw the, the, the girls as a source of income. Yeah. As boys, we were sent to the street. Because <laughs> you're bringing, in fact, you, when you get married, you are the one who is taking cows from the homestead. It's very sad. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Last scripture we pray. Maybe we can stand as we read it. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down what? Strongholds. We must pull down mind strongholds. Amen. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Give me from the KJV. KJV. You don't have? Go back to verse 5. Casting down imaginations. Somebody say imaginations. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So that is what God wants you to experience. That every mind stronghold that doesn't move you forward may be brought down. Every high thing. Anything that exalts itself, you know, against the knowledge of God. Where are those things being exalted? It is in our minds. That's why Jesus said, you have made the word of God of no effect by your traditions. The things that you were born into, the things that you grew up in, the things that you practice until they have become mind strongholds. The Bible says anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of who? Of Jesus Christ. I pray that your mind will be set free tonight. This is our first prayer service for the year 2024. Ah, may God do a good work. May God complete a good work in us in the name of Jesus. Are we ready to pray? The first prayer we are praying, by now you should be knowing, isn't it? I want you to pray that anything that hinders you from experiencing the full potential of salvation, that God may help you deal with it in Jesus' name. Father, may you bring the good work that you have started to completion in our lives in the name of Jesus. Complete the work. Finish the work. Do the job, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We shall not be stuck. We shall not be stuck. We shall not be unfulfilled. We shall not have white elephant projects. In the name of Jesus, the work will be completed. The job will be done. We shall discover purpose. We shall experience mind transformation. We shall be healed inside. 
our broken hearts, oh God, may they experience healing tonight. In the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, that the joy of salvation will be our portion. The peace of salvation will be our portion. The blessings and the breakthroughs of salvation will be our portion. You will complete the good work that you have begun in us. We give you praise and we give you glory. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. And we all shout a big amen. Can we clap our hands and give him praise? Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo Tachero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.